If you'd prefer, there's a corresponding video to this podcast on the website, nowheretorun.podomatic.com and conspiracyclothes.com slash nowhere to run. And at the YouTube channel, although it's broken up into 15 parts, it's at youtube.com slash nowhere to run 1984. Welcome to a special edition of Nowhere to Run. We're going to be taking an in-depth look at sleep paralysis and, to a lesser extent, alien abduction. I do think I know what these experiences are, and I also think that I know how to stop them. But I'm not going to be the one to tell you what that is. I think it's best to let those that are experiencing it and those who have overcome it tell you. The first half of this episode will be accounts from people from YouTube talking about their experiences with sleep paralysis. It's interesting to just listen to them. A lot of them come to various conclusions and have various reasonings for what they're experiencing, but the similarities are evident as you listen to more and more of them. And the second half will be people that have claimed to overcome sleep paralysis and alien abduction. I'm not saying that they're the same thing, but they do appear to be um, stopped the same way. Again, it's in the details. Every account is different. People are coming from a lot of different places. But the more you hear, the more the similarities become significant. If you have any questions, you can call into a new live show, which is done on TalkShoe.com. That's T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E.com. And do a search for The Frank and Chris Show. Hope to hear from you. Enjoy. When you're in bed, you're actually awake, but you can't, it's like you can't move. I've had sleep paralysis maybe like three times in my life, and usually I find that it's when, like, um, I'm sleeping at like 3 a.m. or something, because I have like lots of homework. Uh, me, I actually get sleep paralysis maybe once a week, once every two weeks. It's not exactly the same experience every time. Basically, it's, um, you can't differentiate reality from dreams. Right about when you're falling asleep, um, you start to dream, but you're still awake. I hear, like, electric magnetic sounds. The first time, um, it's kind of weird, but I could hear, like, aliens and stuff. And then other people see ghosts. I don't clearly remember every single image I've seen, but they're all really devilish, like dark silhouettes, and sometimes, like, a shape of a girl. Sometimes I see faces laughing. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but you only really know once you get it. It is very scary the first time you get it. It could be like coming up to you and you can't move, you can't scream or anything. The worst part is, whenever I have sleep paralysis, I try to scream, but I can't. You know that you're dreaming, but, and you're awake at the same time, but you can't do anything. I try to move my body as well, but it just feels really heavy. You have to wait and try to wake up. It takes around five seconds for me to actually wake up wake up, but then even if it's just five seconds, it feels really long. Keep away from stress and get lots of sleep, and then you can avoid sleep. I've experienced both types at points in my life, and over the last six months or so, I've learned to come to terms with the common type, and no longer does it instill any sort of fear within me. This is due to the fact that it's now immediately obvious what's happening when it's happening and therefore I can just ride along with the feeling, observe it subjectively, take some mental notes and in a strange way enjoy the experience while it lasts. You know I see so many people talking fearfully of sleep paralysis 
But I've learned that there really is nothing to fear. However, I do still suffer from some disturbing experiences when it comes to hallucinatory sleep paralysis. And this is mainly due to the fact that I don't always initially realise what's going on. It can generally be quite a disorientating feeling, you see. So, I tend to take a lot longer to rationalise what the hell is going on compared to the almost instant acknowledgement uh, when the common variation kicks in. For example, I was round my friend's house once and I woke up to what sounded like menacing groans coming from the bottom of his bed. This obviously sent a shiver down my spine and I tried to sit up to take a closer look at what exactly was going on, what, what that noise was, where it originated from. So I was curious, tried to get up, and it was at this point that I became aware that I couldn't move. Um, and before I knew it, a shadowy ghost-like creature emerged from the foot of the bed and started walking over to me, hissing and spitting, and just genuinely being quite aggressive on its way over to me. Due to me not being able to move, I decided to try and shout for help to my mate who was sleeping right by the side of me. But all that came out was a pathetic whimper. Because not only is your body paralysed, your voice is also paralysed to a certain extent. So more apparitions of these creatures then began appearing all around me. Um, the room was suddenly buzzing with murmurs and whispers and screeches from all these hideous looking creatures. They were scuttling about the room and they were really quite aware of my presence because their eyes stayed transfixed with mine for the duration of the experience. At this point I was still really confused as to what exactly was going on. Uh, very, very disorientated. A minute or two had passed by now and I must admit I was, yeah, I was genuinely frightened by this point, and, you know, I just wanted to, whatever was going on, I wanted it just to end, and all in all, it probably lasted for about three to four minutes, um, before I literally bolted upright, uh, out of the bed, and out of the trance. It wasn't even a matter of it fading away, it was just there, and then it wasn't, like the flip of a switch. So, you know, this shows how confusing and terrifying the experience can be. My, my rational mind just seems to go out the window, uh, and I only really realise what's going on after the experience has finished. You know, over time, I'm confident that these hallucinatory sleep paralysis episodes of mine will become less and less frightening as I slowly get more and more use of them. But, for now, they really don't happen often enough to worry me that much. I mean, in the last year I've probably had three of these experiences, I'd say. But I do, I do want to sort them out. Uh, and I look forward to the point where, who knows, I could maybe enjoy the hallucinatory sleep paralysis just the same as I do the common time. One day, hopefully. It will take a lot of a lot of conditioning and a lot of uh, a lot of 
instinct on my behalf that I'm going to have to really train myself to realise that there is nothing to be scared of and I need to train myself more to recognise what's happening as soon as it starts happening. And that's going to be hard, but I'll get there, I'm sure, one day. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I hope this has filled you in a little bit on what exactly sleep paralysis is. Um, and, you know, please let me know if you're experiencing, uh, if you're experiencing this phenomenon too. Uh, get in touch, send me a message, or, or, or do a video response even, that'd be great. Um, it's good to know, you know, you're not alone, so feel free to chat. So yeah, thanks for listening, and I've been... Really and I thought I'd explain what happened to me, because I've had three experiences with sleep paralysis myself. Um, since I was a child, um, I've had lots of experiences with ghosts, but not until two years ago have I experienced sleep paralysis. Um, I've heard about it just a little. So the first time I experienced it was on December 26, 2005. Um, this was the morning of the big typhoon uh, in Southeast Asia. So, <coughs> um, all right, I was having a nice dream. There was in the middle of a jungle. There was a small white house. And in front of that house, there was a man wearing all white, and he had his arms open, so I approached him to give him a hug, and then I woke up, and my covers were here, so I couldn't see very well, but I could see a shadow of a man sitting on the end of my bed, and I could feel, I just felt like somebody's there. So at first I smiled and I thought, it's the guy from my dream. So I tried to greet him, but nothing would come out. So I tried a shorter greeting and still nothing would come out. So, and then I realized it can't be that guy because I'm awake now. That was from a dream. So it's impossible. So it must be my brother. And I haven't moved or said a word yet, so he must think I'm still sleeping. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump up and scare the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> and then before I try to do that, I realized, wait, um, he can't get into my room because uh, I had a very small room and I used to keep the mattress against the wall in the daytime and at night I put the mattress down um, so that it's in front of my bedroom door and nobody can get in. If they try to get in, I'm going to feel it, and I'm going to wake up. So then I thought, oh, shite, it's a ghost. And I just, uh, I, I don't think I was so so much as scared as I didn't know who, who it was, or maybe if it's not the guy from my dream, maybe it's a bad spirit, or... I don't know, but all these things kept going through my mind, and so I couldn't move. That's when I really realized I can't move and I can't speak. There must be something wrong with me, like I'm, I need an ambulance or something. So I tried to bang on the wall and call my mom, and 
and I couldn't, so I got very, very panicked. And the more I tried to move my arm, there was this vibrating sound, and it, it felt like really, really short vibrations. And the, the noise got louder and louder and louder, and suddenly it was like um, when you actually go swimming and there's water in your ear, you can't hear it properly, and then it pops, and then you can hear normal again. That kind of pop happened to me, and then it was normal. I could, you know, I woke up and I just jumped up and said, "Jesus, Mary, and Holy Saint Joseph." I felt like it scared the bloody Irish out of me, <laughs> some part Irish. So, I've never been so shocked like that. Um, so that was the first experience I had, sleep paralysis. Um, and the second thing was really, really scary. It's probably the scariest paranormal experience I ever had. So it was... I think about four months later, and um, I was having a really good lie-in, and I woke up because my mom was talking really loud on the phone, so I asked her to keep it down a bit because I'm really tired, and I went back to sleep, and I woke up again, and <laughs> there was somebody next to my bed and it really freaked really really freaked me out so like I said I've had ghost experiences but it, it had been a few years since I'd seen a ghost like really really in solid form not just something out of the corner of your eye or a shadow or this really solid and I couldn't move and I couldn't speak and I thought Oh my god, you know, it's happening again. So, um, <coughs> uh, I couldn't move, but for some reason, my vision is like only a short distance, but I kept looking at the wall and looking back and thinking that when I look back, it's gonna be gone. So, like, I'll try to describe, um, I think it was a girl wearing kind of tight western clothes and I couldn't see her face because she was wearing a black hat and she was looking down and I remember looking at the stitching on her hat and at the button in the middle of her hat looking at all the detail thinking this is so real but and it's not going away. Like, I have time to savor this moment and really look at this whatever it is. But I was scared. Like, uh, I felt like it was a negative entity. So I tried to, to say a prayer in my head. And each time I looked back, not there. So I tried to say another prayer. And I was talking about... Um, the entity, or whatever it was that I saw um, when I was going through sleep paralysis. So I'm looking at this wall, I'm looking back, I'm saying prayers, but every time I look back, that thing is still there. So, um, 
then I thought I'd say an, a different prayer. Um, and um, this is this really freaked me out. The thing actually growled at me and like a really, really low, deep, deep growl. Really, really, really scary. So, um, but right after it growled, it disappeared. Um, and then I could move it in. But, um, I kept thinking in my mind, I'm not afraid of you, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> but I was really, really afraid. But I thought if I try to think that, it's going to go away. Um, but anyway, that, so, it was kneeling, like, with feet under, under it, just kneeling there like this, beside me, on, beside my mattress, and that was very strange. And then, I guess, two months later, it would have been in May, May 2006, um, I actually moved into another room, so I switched rooms with my brother because that little room really, really freaked me out, and I had lots of really weird experiences there, and to this day, like, I just don't like it at all. I don't live there anymore, but, I mean... I'm going back to see my family next month, and I don't want to stay in that room. Anyway, in the next room, that's where the third sleep process takes place, and this is really... <laughs> this is the, maybe the weirdest one. So I'm just lying there, and... This one was different, because it wasn't... It was fading away as I was waking up, but I was properly awake, and I couldn't move, and I couldn't talk, but I was, like, the first two times, just like that, you can move and you can talk, but this time, um, well, I couldn't move and I couldn't talk, but what I saw was fading away, it was fading into my room, basically, and I, what I saw was like a little leprechaun or something, or some kind of elf, and there was, there was a pathway, and as he walked, the pathway would become visible, and this is so ridiculous, but, <laughs> so he was walking along the path, and sometimes he would glance over at me, like a really curious look, like, a human? I'm going to look at the human that I heard about, that kind of thing, and then, I wasn't scared this time. I I thought I was looking at him really curious too. What is this? What kind of creature is this then? And I remember I had a dream, a really, really, really vivid, really nice dream a couple of years ago that I went to this beautiful land and there was like I don't know, sprite and dwarf or something like that. Really, really, really nice dream and I knew I was dreaming in that dream, and they actually shook my head. Oh, you haven't had a human come here since like 16 something something. It was such a cool dream, so I thought maybe this person is from that world. So 
Anyway, he came right next to my bed and just looked at me really curiously. I looked at him really curiously as well. And then he faded totally and suddenly I could move again. That was pretty cool. I was kind of calm after that. Um, but, okay, so I've been reading, I've been reading some things about sleep paralysis and watching some videos on YouTube, which are really, really interesting and I think really helpful to me. So, some people tend to think that it's just your imagination. And then I think some other people think that these beings that you see are actually real, and I think I want to believe it's my imagination. So I kind of tend towards that that side. I want to just believe it's my imagination. Um, and if it is, it's even more amazing to think that something like your thoughts that you have inside your brain are actually manifesting themselves in front of your eyes and then within one second everything's gone and you're back in the real world so anyway that's my experience with sleep paralysis and also I had a question for people that experienced it a lot more I've only experienced it three times within six months and before then nothing like it and since then I haven't really experienced thank god but if so you people out there what do you think makes you have sleep paralysis um is there any time where you get it more often than other times and is there anyone that used to have it and then it never ever happened to them again uh so I kind of hope it never happens to me again but it's pretty scary so anyway, thanks for listening, anyone who's watching, and good luck to everybody. I saw a figure walking across the room in a druidic robe, and it walks into this little uh, indentation area where there was a window. It was a really pointless part of the room. It just was a little maybe three by three uh, square that kind of protruded outwards from the rest of the room, and there was the window there, uh, window space. Uh, I guess it might be called. Good <laughs> uh, a name for it as any. And it entered that. And I didn't hear the window open, so I assumed it must still be there. So I spent every hour between whenever I saw it, I'd imagine it was probably about 2 a.m. until daybreak, staring at that little enclave or window space, whatever the hell you want to call it, waiting for it to reemerge. Of course, it never did. And when day broke, um, gathered up the courage to check, and there was nothing there, of course. Um, didn't have any other encounters with that for a long time uh, probably until I was about 15 or 16 and uh, maybe even a little older no, I guess it was probably about 15 
when I saw it again. I was lying in bed once more. And I opened my eyes, and at the edge of the bed there was this, you know, the typical alien frame that we're used to in, in these times of the uh, gargantuan head and the scrawny, emaciated little body. And uh, it raised its hand and did this little ooh gesture. I fell asleep, just like in the movie Dark City. Uh, and I didn't think, I mean, I fell right back to sleep. It wasn't, I wasn't any scared or anything like that. It wasn't until the next morning I woke up and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck was that? What happened? Why did I just go to sleep? And I made a vow that next time I saw that thing, I was going to jump out of my bed and kick the living shit out of it. Um... And, uh, it wasn't, it was only a few months later that I saw it again. Uh, same scenario, I wake up, I see it at the edge of my bed. This time I didn't give it time to do its little gesture, I just jumped up and, and started fucking attacking it. And, uh, of course there was nothing there but air. Um, when I jumped at it, it dissipated. And, um, then I looked up and saw its head floating without a body and I, maybe I'm just adding this detail um, now for the sake of the story element or maybe I really remember it like that I don't know but it winked at me and its face was covered in these weird tattoos um, the next time I remember it I remember lying in bed a few years later. This was the last time I saw it. Probably about 20 at the time. I was lying there with my eyes closed and I just got... I just came to the realization it's standing right at the edge of my bed watching me. So, of course, I open my eyes and I find myself looking right at it. I throw a punch at it, and of course it floats, kind of hovers at high speed to the back of the room and disintegrates as it hits the wall. Uh, you know, uh, I later, probably only about a year ago, uh, read about what's called hypnopompic hallucinations, wherein you see um, not just figures but a, a multitude of hallucinations uh, right upon waking from slumber uh, that's why it was incorporating elements from movies that I had seen like Dark City why it was doing the very same sleep hand gesture and of course I obeyed and slept um, so that was that was a very confusing thing to me for a long time. Wasn't really sure what to do with that. Um, but of course, once I learned the explanation, I ceased to really worry about it at all. Um, of course, sometimes I still uh, toy with the idea of the explanation being wrong and actually being some kind of extra-dimensional being. But of course, I, like any good atheist, 
take into account the Carl Sagan quote about extraordinary claims, and I apply that to my own claims, the claims that I might make to myself that I was visited by an extra-dimensional or interstellar being. And I say to myself, okay, well, what's the more likely that I'm experiencing these hypnopopic hallucinations that have been studied and, you know, we know exist, or I have been visited by interstellar beings who have nothing better to do than pester me? And I decide, I have to decide which of those is the more likely. And, of course, I come to the conclusion that it's more likely that I am merely hallucinating. I also have this thing called sleep paralysis, where this is another thing that is commonly reported as uh, alien abduction and, and alien visitation. Uh, before we had the alien uh, meme floating around there, it used to be incubus. Uh, incub incubi and succubi. I guess those are the plural forms of incubus and succubus. Um, and so on and so forth. Uh, basically, sleep deprivation is a very unsettling uh, sensation. You wake up and you feel tingling all over. Um, usually there's a sense of a presence in the room and you cannot move any of your limbs whatsoever. Uh, so of course when you combine the uh, when you combine you know tingliness and the feeling of a, a presence, usually a menacing pre 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 presence and the fact that you cannot move, you are utterly defenseless, that can be quite disturbing. Um, Luckily, I haven't experienced that in a while now. I do have sleep paralysis and it's horrible. And um, I've only recently discovered that a lot of other people have it. And I'm trying to work out what it really is. So if there's any medical people out there and you want to give your explanation. Um, if, for those that don't know, um, for me, sleep paralysis is when I, I wake up in my body. I can't move, um, but I can... Still, I'm still able to dream, so I can. It feels like I'm hallucinating. Um, sometimes I can just barely open my eyes just a little bit, so that makes it worse. You know, it feels like these things are happening to me. If I'm, say, I'm having a dream that um, something is in the room with me, if it starts grabbing my arm or something like that, then I can feel it. It feels very real because it's like I'm half asleep, but I am actually awake. So if there's the TV on in real life, I can tell you what was being said on the TV at the time I was having it. Or if there's a, a couple in the room talking, I could tell you what they were saying. That's so very frightening. And it's kind of like when someone says, you know, don't think of pink elephants. You know, when you get sleep paralysis, when you suddenly realize you're paralyzed, you start going, no, don't think of anything scary. But of course, as soon as you start thinking that scary stuff begins to happen. So it's very, very, it's very horrible. And I think it affects a lot of people a lot more than would dare to even, I think some people don't even like to talk about it. Um, but I've conquered it now, I can talk about it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I had it, I get it in bouts. Sometimes I have it every night. Sometimes I haven't had it for a, a month or so. Um, the last time I had it was, I think it was Monday or maybe Tuesday, um, and it was just the same sort of scenario. 
I'd, I'd fallen asleep maybe a couple of hours, may, maybe a bit less, and I, I woke up, um, knew where I was, I was in my bed, couldn't move, could see a shadow on my wall, which was a real shadow because I, I could just open my eyes enough to see it. Um, but then this thing appeared next to me. Um, I could see its shadow cast on the wall. It was like a, um, sort of like a Grim Reaper type fi figure. I started saying to me in a very low voice, um, told me a date that I would lose my life. And at the time I thought it meant like right now. Um, but when I woke up, when I finally got out of it, um, I realized that it, it I'm not, it, it, that would mean I was 29. Um, also, I, I knew that when it said lose my life, it didn't mean as in die as a human. It meant as in that um, that I would, it, in the Bible it says if you, if you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll gain it. Um, and I think if you keep your life for your own sake, you lose it. I, I don't know the exact quote, but similar to that. Um, so I feel that it wasn't to do with me dying in some tragic accident or something. It was more to do with me at 29 losing my my faith and losing the uh, my salvation, which is complete rubbish because, you know, Jesus says he won't leave you or forsake you. But these are things that they're probably fears that come out in people's sleep paralysis. I'm just going on and on and on, aren't I? Sorry. Okay, so anyway, that, that's my sleep paralysis diary. That was just a, a few days ago. And if I have any more, uh, I shall let you know. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people out there have had sleep paralysis. And those of you who don't, and those of you who are interested, I'm going to be watching this movie. It happens to me from time to time. Is what will happen is, um, well, I'll wake up. And I'll, I, I'm unable to move, and I'm unable to talk. I can't move or talk. I'm just, and I feel this pressure on my chest. It's this pressure just pushing on my chest, and I can look around on my eyes, roll my eyes, but I, I'm just paralyzed. And there's been, on some occasions, I was able to move my head back and forth like that, but. I couldn't do anything else, and, and sometimes, or, mo or on most episodes or attacks of sleep paralysis I would have, um, I would be extremely scared, and um, my heart would be just beating like crazy, just pounding, just, it's like crazy, I'd just be freaked out, frightened while it's happening sometimes, and, and, not not all the times that would be that way though, you know. Sometimes I'd just be calm, but other times I'd be freaked out. And um, on some of the episodes or attacks of sleep paralysis, I'd have I'd hear this uh, some strange noise. It'd be in my head, you know. It'd just be there. The noise would just be there in my head, you know, as if it's not like I mean, just there. And I hear it out loud, like I'm hearing it with my ears, but it's in my head. It's, and there's this this one time on an early sleep paralysis episode. Um, I had um, I heard this noise in my head where it's this strange buzzing noise. It's it's, it's not just simply like a buzzing noise. It's complicated. It's very complicated noise, very weird sounding buzzing noise. It's just 
weird. And it was varying in pitch. And it would very go slowly go up higher in pitch. And almost see okay, let's say here's a top pitch here. It'd start at low pitch and it would be going, raising up. See about there it would intensify and sound even weirder. It would start out and it's weird sounding in the first place to start out. But for a certain moment there it would intensify and then it would go back to normal as it goes back to the top and then it would go back it'd be an intense moment as it at that certain point and then it'd go back, you know, like ooh and it would and it would do that up three times and then on the third time it stayed at the intense spot and the whole time I heard the noise, I was unable to move or speak. That was the first time I ever noticed that I was unable to move and paralyzed, and it was really weird. After it happened, I was like, oh, whew. man, what was that? It was weird. I mean, and there was another time it happened to me, and I woke up, and I heard the sound of little children laughing every once like every few seconds I'd hear the sound of like maybe three three children laughing you know they weren't evil laughs they were just kind of joyous happy playful laughs you know of little, little children you know and it was just weird though and I mean and I would get it just kind of a little frightened each time I hear the laughing and it's weird and I couldn't move and stuff and then another time it happened to me. Um, I woke up and it was I couldn't move, of course. And the this was later, a, a later time, like weeks later, from, and um, where I heard the same voices that composed the laughing in that earlier episode. Yet it was just in a steady hum tone, and I hear those like three voices making a mm, tone, and just each time I heard that. It just freaked me out. I mean, I was already that time heart pounding like crazy, and I was just each time I heard the sound, it just freaked me out even more. That was my scariest sleep paralysis episode or attack, and um, that was on October the 26, 2006. And uh, so later on, after I could move, after that, I got up and I watched some of my home videos I had made, you know, and I listen to them, some music from my real to real and to, you know, to calm me down and stuff and and then I got back in bed and I was in there in bed for a while listening to the music some more, you know and then finally I'm, I went to roll up my, the covers over my feet to comfort, to kind of warm them, you know you know, to feel comfortable in the covers and I looked over there and I saw this white kind of blob just, you know just this white cloud-like stuff just go from the bed, uh, up from the bed and disappear. And that freaked me out. That was weird. Very weird. I saw that come up from the, I was like, oh my gosh. So, it was frightening and scary. And one time during sleep paralysis, I was floating in the air. I was scared and I was floating in the air in my room and then I saw one of my vintage stereo systems lift off and start floating too 
and then they'll spend the stereo and float it up upstairs and then I followed on floating and then it was back and I could move again. It was weird. So if any of you had sleep paralysis, comment on this video describing what your experience was like and stuff like that, you know. And it's very interesting, scary thing that happens to me quite often. Actually, the last time it happened to me was just June the 9th was the last time I woke up and couldn't move. So, that's my stories about sleep paralysis by Ricky Klein, the cassette master. Yeah, I'm just um, making a video on sleep paralysis. And there's been plenty of people who had this experience. You know, it's not a common thing, you know, but, um, you know, a few, a lot of people have experienced it. Uh, me, I've also experienced it. And it's nothing funny <laughs> at all. It's not funny. It's, it's, it's pretty scary. So, um, here's my story. Now, the first time it ever happened to me was four months ago. And I was just, it was in December, uh, 2006. And I was just, watching TV and you know and I was falling asleep while I was watching TV I was sleeping on my stomach and had the covers on me so I, I fell asleep but like it felt like a second later I woke up but I couldn't move and this was the very first time it happened to me I had no clue what was going on um, so that was pretty scary as well you know having no clue what's going on but I couldn't move at all all I can do was look around the room with my eyes couldn't move my head couldn't speak I couldn't um, wiggle my legs or toes or anything. All I could do was just look around the room um, and try to move, but you can't move at all. Um, and in the midst of that, I heard laughing. And that was pretty scary because um, a lot of people who experience sleep paralysis, they claim that you either hear something or you see something, you know, um, possibly feel something. You know, um, and that right there is pretty scary. You know, um, this one lady she experienced, she said it was like a UFO came down on her. You know, she saw it's something like a UFO. Another lady she claimed to see a spider, a big spider in her in her wall, uh, on her wall, and then it disappeared. Um, other people, I mean, it's other another guy he claimed to see he saw a. This pale looking thing, it was like a totem pole or something like that. It was pretty scary. Now me, I haven't seen anything at all. But um I heard and I felt. Some people hear things, you know, some people see things and um and it's pretty scary. My experience, um, you know, I couldn't move, I couldn't move at all, and I heard laughing. My T V was on, but yet I um you know, nothing. I was watching cartoons, so <laughs> I'm a big cartoon freak. But um, my TV was on, and nobody on TV was laughing. You know, and um, I heard cartoons. I heard them talking and everything. And apart from the cartoons, which was louder than the TV, I heard laughing. And it was a creepy laugh. It wasn't no regular laugh like a human laugh. It was a creepy laugh. And um, I heard that apart from the TV. Um, and it was a little louder. So, you know, that creeped me out right there as well. And, you know, yet I still couldn't move. So, at the foot of my bed, after I heard, after I heard the laughing, at the foot of my bed, I, um, 
I felt something move. Basically, I felt something like running, run on my bed. I felt that, and it was that just creeped me out even more. I felt something run on my bed, and um, a lot of people think that you know we're crazy. You know, um, sleep paralysis is a real deal, though. But a lot of people think that you're crazy if you once you experience it. Um, which that's not the case. You're not crazy at all. Um, you know, I felt I felt something run off my bed, and after after that, uh, I woke up. So, in the midst of this, that day, you know, as soon as I get up, I was like, "What's going on?" You know, I was creeped out about it. You know, because after um the thing, whatever it was, ran off my bed, I I could move again. So after this experience, you know, like, what is going on? You know, so um that creeped me out. So I got up and just cut on all her lights because I was kind of scared. But um, my second experience is when I, after I got married, and um, my wife, she was sleeping beside me. So, you know, I fell asleep on my back, and all of a sudden, again, I woke up a few minutes later, and I couldn't move. Um, this happened like a month and a half after the first experience, and I couldn't move, and, um, you know, I was looking... I could look around the move around the room as always, you know. Um, you can always look, but you can't move at all. So couldn't move at all. Um, this time I heard growling. I heard growling, and um, it was pretty scary. I heard growling, and um, the TV was off. It was just dark in my room. You know, the TV was off. Nobody outside, but I heard growling, and it wasn't a dog by my window. <laughs> Or anything, but I heard growling, so that was pretty scary as well. Um, after that, I heard a growling. I tried to move, couldn't move. All I could do was think, think about calling my wife's name. I was calling her name in my mind, but that's all I could do because I couldn't move or talk or anything. So um, after that, you know, soon, soon I could make noises. You know, a few seconds later, I could make some noises. You know, which was uh, uh. I was trying to call my wife's name. You know, but it was louder than I was trying to scream all his name. But it came out, uh, uh, and that was it. So, um, you know, I was laying there, and all I could do was make them noises. And, and after sec, after the, like the third, second or third, uh, my wife, she finally started moving. And, um, but I don't think she really heard me, but she heard a noise probably. Uh, I don't think she heard me though. Um, but she started moving, so I finally could you know gain conscious of my body and I could move again and I called I shouted out Victoria and she just said yes baby and um so that that experience creeped me out right there because I couldn't move as well and this happened to me at least three or four times and um oh yeah the, the time before this time was uh The, the experience I just told you was the uh, fourth, that was the third experience. The one, the, it was an experience before that I was sleeping in my bed and this time I saw a shadow, you know, um, when I was laying there, I saw a shadow. That was pretty scary. So, um, I mean, sleep paralysis will freak you out. It will freak you out and it's not, it's not a joke and, um, it's nothing wrong about it. It's nothing, uh, wrong with your health or anything, but it's just something that happens, you know, during, you know, your sleep cycle to 
some people is not a is not a common disorder. It's not it's not common. They say it has something to do with narcolepsy as well. Um, they say it's associated with narcolepsy, but um, sleep paralysis is to those who think it's a joke. It's not a joke. To those who think you know we're crazy, we're not crazy. I went to bed one night, and I woke up around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. After waking up, I soon realized I couldn't move at all. You know, I wasn't able to move any part of my body, only move my eyes a little bit, just back and forth, um, up and down, just pretty normally. Um, there was a feeling of fear, of course. Um, my heart rate was um, really fast, um, and this experience I didn't hear anything at first it was it was quiet um, and then I began to feel like I was gonna pass out felt like I was getting ready to um, lose consciousness so I fought that feeling it felt like a negative feeling like I did not want that to happen so I fought it and I tried to stay awake um, I was able to and right as right before the paralysis before it broke and I was able to move again I heard a uh, really high shrill, a shrilling scream. Um, it was definitely something you, you don't hear from humans, male or female. It was, uh, it just felt really unearthly. I don't know how to fully describe it, but it was, um, it was really freaky for sure. Um, so I heard the scream, and then the paralysis broke loose, and I was able to move again. Um, so that was the very first experience I had with it. Since then, I've experienced it multiple times, um, just kind of randomly, here and there. Every experience has been a little bit different. I The only sounds I've ever heard, though, are screams. I've heard a, a rushing wind noise, and then also a sound that would go from a low pitch to a high pitch, um, ascend to the highest, to a, a highest point, a climax, and it would stay there, sustain there for a few seconds, and then stop. So um, those are the noises I've heard. As far as seeing anything, which I've heard a lot of people say that they've seen things, um, I haven't. The only thing that I think that I kind of saw, I can't tell, like if my vision was just really blurred or what. But one night, I think I woke up and thought my blinds were moving violently as as I was also hearing a violent rushing wind noise. So uh, that's the only thing I've ever, like, saw. Um, I did, once that paralysis broke, though, there was nothing going on, no shaking, um, nothing was moving, everything was completely calm. So um, that's the only thing I've ever seen, really. Um, just, just recently, um, I feel like I've come to a point where I understand more of what was causing it. Um, a lot of people believe it's strictly a physical thing, um, something in your mind where you get stuck between the state of being awake and asleep, um, and that may be physically what happens, but I think that it has spiritual implications as well. Um, I believe that everything around us, all of reality, is affected by the spiritual realm, um, and so I found that during times when I had feelings of fear, um, doubt, worry, any any of those negative feelings, um, a lot of stress, 
I found that that's when the sleep paralysis would occur. And it got to the point where I could almost know that it was going to happen on a particular night, um, depending on the condition of my mind before I went to bed. So I realized that a lot of this battle was um, coming from these negative, these just, I felt like really spiritually negative um, uh, feelings, these vibes. Um, I believe that they come from spiritual, like demonic um, forces, spiritual wickedness, like the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, that we do not fight against flesh and blood, um, but against those evil um, spirits, against principalities, against spiritual wickedness. Um, and I believe that's what happens. Um, and so I found that every time there would be feelings of fear, doubt, worry, stress, that that's when it would occur. Um, but I've been able to overcome most of those those feelings. I've been able to uh, under like just find the source of them. And I haven't had sleep paralysis for months now. And I don't believe that I'll be, f be having it anytime soon. Um, I just was able to find a lot of peace in my mind. Um, I felt like the Lord, I felt like Jesus just really set me free of a lot of things that a lot of, that I was able to, um, to get a lot of oppression broken off of me. I believe that oppression is spiritual oppression, evil, um, presences, and I've been able to kind of rise above that and beyond it and find peace. And so I've been doing really well for the past few months. And um, yeah, those are my experiences. That's the gist of it. Um, they were, all of them were pretty frightening. Um, a lot of fear associated every single time. Um, I know some have talked about an elating experience. Um, and they felt really well when it happened, but I have not experienced anything like that. Um, but those are, those are my sleep paralysis experiences. So thanks for listening and watching. Um. I didn't see another presence that I remember until years later. It was, it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. I woke up and um, the room was glowing and the wall was gone in front of me and there was all of this flame and there was all of this screaming and I could smell burning and then this being was in front of me and he was black and it was as if Satan himself was standing at the end of my bed. I simply woke up and I'm wondering, you know, what's happening? The very next night, Tressa revealed her terrifying episode on a paranormal chat room on the internet. It was there that she learned for the first time about sleep paralysis, a strange and largely uninvestigated condition that affects millions worldwide. Simply put, sleep paralysis is the experience of waking up in a nightmare. It is one of the most bizarre and terrifying experiences known to man. The question sleep paralysis researchers are now asking is, could this mysterious sleep disorder explain accounts of alien abduction?
like those suffered by Tressa Oswald. It just didn't make any sense that this was anything other than very bad dreams. Okay, so I wanted to make a video. I don't know if it's going to be a quick video. <sighs> a long video. We'll see. Um, I want to know if any of you out there had, like, night terrors or if you went through, like, um, what is it, sleep paralysis? It's called something. I don't know. Um, I just know what it feels like. But I just felt like telling a few stories of different things that I done went through dealing with it. Like, ever since I can remember, since I was like extremely little, I have been like terrorized in my sleep. So, I really don't sleep too much. Um, I figure if I'm not asleep, can't get terrorized. So, um, when I was little, I started sleeping with knives to make myself feel safe. Ugh. Um, to mentally feel my, make myself feel safe. It really didn't do anything. I just had knives under my bed while I was being terrorized and did nothing. Um, I also used to sleep with like, pot, like cast iron pots, anything that was hard that I could like hurt, do like some damage with some, to somebody. I would have it under my pillow. I'd slide it into my bed, and it didn't matter. And but like when I was really small, I'd be like, like in a deep REM sleep, and all of a sudden I would wake up and look, and it would be like these little—I call them like little leprechaun things—sitting on the dresser over like. In the corner just looking at me and like me I'd be like hmm? and at first I'm like oh this gotta be a shadow until I get to moving I dream in color so like everything is extremely vivid and it's so clear it's extremely like real um, and then I just went through hell in my dream for a long, long time. And, like, for a few years, they had stopped. But they're back. <laughs> I don't sleep with my TV off because I can't, pretty much. I have to have some type of light or, like, sound around me or off. I just won't sleep. I'll be like this all night looking. <laughs> so it, it wasn't going down. I had to have my TV on. So um, I laid down, put the cover on me, um, and I don't know how long after that, but it was like smoke was all over my room. It was like smoke was covering the floor. It was rising, it was to cover my bed, and I tried to move, but I was like paralyzed in my sleep, but I wasn't asleep. 
I was wide awake. And I tried to scream. Nothing would come out. I tried to sit up. My, it was like somebody was sitting on me. Like I was trapped in my body. That's what it felt like. So I tried to scream for Jesus. Hmm. Only thing I could get out was that's about it. So I was just trying not to panic, and all of a sudden I just felt myself like raising up off of my bed. And I raised up probably maybe, had to be probably like two inches. I could feel myself doing this. And then while I, as I raised up, I hovered like over my bed, um, like a few, maybe a few minutes or something. And then I started sliding over to the left. And I'm completely flat. I slid over. And then I went down. And the only thing I could do was move my eyeballs. And while I'm moving my eyeballs, I'm seeing my bed. I'm looking over like this. And I'm watching the wall. Then it, the wall goes away and I'm looking at the top mattress. And then I'm looking at the bottom mattress and I'm looking at the rails and I'm going down and I'm continually, I'm going down, down, down. Then I'm looking under my bed and I'm like this and I'm, I'm not on the ground, I'm like hovering on it. Then I'm still screaming. Well, trying, but then come now, and I start raising back up. I see up under my bed, I see the rails, I see the bottom of my mattress, the top mattress, my wall, and I float over completely parallel to my bed over, and now start to lower, and I was right back where I was in the beginning, and. Like, I still couldn't say anything for maybe five minutes. I was, like, completely panicked. And when I finally got air and I could scream, um, it was like almost, I ran to the back. And before I got there, I heard footsteps. And nobody was up but me. So, just a little bit of something. <sighs> and I was having trouble falling asleep. At a certain point, um, I laid flat on my back and I had one pillow supporting my head and neck, which some people say would be the ideal position for sleep paralysis. And anyway, um, at one point I found myself unable to move. And I perceived, the reason why I say perceived was because I didn't see with my physical eyes or so with my mental eyes, my inner eyes, you know inner seeing and all that, but I was unable to move, and 
Uh, okay, yeah. I have perceived on either side of me two or three beings. Now, I couldn't, you know, see any details to their bodies or their faces. They were, you know, completely shadow-like or black. And at one point, I started to feel afraid, and then I look over the fear, and um, I heard in my mind, um, it's okay, relax, you know, we're here to help. So I'm like, okay, so the moment I let go, I relinquished my fear. I rose up out of my body, out of my room, out of the building I was living in at the time, and I rose very quickly to the sky, and I found myself in this black room. I was surrounded by four black walls, and they, um, the walls seemed to move. They seemed to be like some sort of liquid. Out of the corner of my eye, I perceived um, a bright light, and when I look over, I see streaming down um, one wall here and the wall behind me, these characters. Now, when I first saw the movie The Matrix, I thought, hey, you know, those characters look somewhat like what, you know, I had experienced. It wasn't exactly the same characters, but they were similar, and the other um, characters were similar to, like, a Japanese-style writing. Again, I didn't realize that until I first saw Japanese characters, and I was able to compare them. They weren't exactly those symbols and characters, but uh, they were similar in appearance. So um, I follow the stream, and I notice that the stream is going directly into me through my feet. And at that moment, I can feel the stream moving up through my feet, through my body, into my spine, up my spine, and into my brain. And I thought, okay, there, you know, um, the information is coming into me. And that happened for a little while more, and then I became um, fearful. And as soon, you know, as soon as that um, emotion leaked into my consciousness, I started descending back down, down um, out of that room, back into my room. And then at will, I stopped. I was able to see my body. Sorry, I was distracted by another sound. Um, I was able to see my body, and I realized that I was outside of my body. And I felt myself as in the shape of an orb of some sort, and I could see all around me, like I could see out of every point of whatever I was uh, in that state, and I felt like an orb. And then um, at a certain point, I started expanding and contracting one minute on the entire room, and I can see myself from every single point in the room or I can look from every point of the room and see every other part of the room. Then the next second, I contracted to to the tiniest, uh, you know, I was like a speck of dust. Everything was gigantic to me. I did that a few times. I expanded, I contracted, I expanded, I contracted. Then at a certain point, I contracted to um, a size where everything was back to normal size. And I looked at my body again, and then at will, I woke up back in my body, and I was able to move. And, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm going to do a follow-up video uh, explaining some other things attached to that after, you know, happened to me after that. Yeah, I don't want to make the video too long. If not, it won't upload in single video upload. Okay, so, uh follow-up video on the...
alien abductions or sleep paralysis video. Um, just wanted to give some information. Um, if you want to learn about sleep paralysis, you can enter in the words sleep paralysis on most um, search engines and you'll get a lot of information explaining what it is. Um, you know, all the extra details. Now, some, um, um, let's see, I wanted to give you some information um, that coincides with other people who have had similar experiences to my own, but um, not, not exactly the same, like with, um, excuse me, concerning the parts of the shadow beings that I felt on either side of me before it happened. Um, there's this book by Hank Wesselman. It's called Spirit Walker, and in it he recounts experiences he had with being initiated into, um, uh, well, initiated by um, by being able to enter enter through some gate within one's mind to enter a spirit realm and also other realities through that gate. And he um, he talks about that gate being guarded by um, a shadow figure. So, you know, I thought that could be one way of looking at it or perceiving the experience as being real, seeing as it's happening, you know, other places. But anyway, just me trying to find a way to back up my experience because I feel it was real regardless. It can be explained away in many different ways, but, you know, yeah, my attempt. Uh, let's see, the next one, I heard um, Jim Sparks speaking um, on the radio station, Coast to Coast AM. Um, he also has a book, The Keepers, in which he recounts experiences he had. And one of the things that intrigued me about his experience was um, the aliens that abducted him or what have you. Um, were teaching him to get a lot of information out of, you know, single symbols. Like, he was taught how to um, read an entire story from one symbol. And he said it was gradual. It took a while to teach him to get him to learn it, but he eventually learned it. And if you go to his website, www.jim-sparks.com, that's www.jim-sparks.com, um, you will see some of the symbols that he, you know, uploaded onto his website. Now, to tell you, some of these symbols are similar to what I saw on those walls downloading. And what's funny um, also is that a few years after um, this happening, when I was around 15 or 16, that I started um, keeping my journal more up to date. I, there was a few poems and a few journal entries where I claimed to know it all, but not in that, you know, immature teenage, you know, oh, I know everything, you can't tell me what to do. It was more of um, like I could look at certain things or um, see certain situations and, and understand them beyond, you know, what would be normal for a person at my age or level of understanding or whatever, at least, you know, the way society dictates. And, you know, e even now I still have that where I can look at something and just know. I may not be able to explain it verbally, but I can know it. 
Anyway, it was just um, a few things to, you know, look at and that intrigued me. So, until next Continuing the vein of um, ghost stories, uh, after the little girl, I just want to say I have the most terrifying, scary-as-crap night terrors. First, oh my god, like, I don't know how I sleep. I honestly have no idea how I freaking sleep. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, a night terror is pretty much a really, really bad nightmare. Like, where you're paralyzed, you can't move. And I don't mean in the dream, I mean in real life. It's like whatever's happening to you in the dream is what's happening to you in real life. It's like a mix, kind of. Like, you're asleep, but you're not at the same time. Oh, Jesus. They're so scary. Mine are... Um, the paralyzed, completely unable to move anything on the bed. And your eyes are open. You can see, you can hear everything around you. If my brother were to walk in while I was having a night terror and tell me something, anything, I would remember it the next day because I'm awake, but I can't, I'm not awake. I'm like, awake, but I'm stuck in my own head. And the scariest crap comes... I get, I'm laying there, and there is this thing, and it's in there a lot, and it just com it comes out of the shadows, and it's just this big blob, and it's got this disgusting face, and these horrible teeth, and these huge eyes, and it just looks at me. It doesn't move, it just looks at me. It stands right above my bed, towers over me, and just stares down at me while I sleep. It's like, it's so scary, and I can't do anything but look at it. Like, it could, like, stab me in the face, and I wouldn't be able to move. It scares the crap out of me. Um, then, the freaking ventriloquist doll sits at the edge of my bed, and it'll make stupid noises. You know how they clack together when they move? It'll make those noises, and then its head will creak, and it will turn, and it will look at me, too. And most of the time, it's just things looking at me. Sometimes they'll actually do stuff. And, like, if they punch me in the stomach... When I wake up, my stomach hurts. And if they slap me in the face, if I wake up, the entire side of my face will be sore. And I don't know what they are, but they are terrifying. I hate them. Whenever I have them, I just I try so hard to wake myself up. And when I dream, I can... <coughs> Sorry. When I dream, I don't have a problem. Because I dream, whenever I dream, I have complete control over everything in my dreams. Um, I consciously know that I'm dreaming in my dreams. So I can be like, oh, this is a dream, cool. Well, I will just freaking do this then. Or switch to this view. It's like a video game. It's awesome. I love dreaming. But, um, night terrors, not so much. They scare me a lot. Okay, I'm about to read to you some experiences only in text form, so I'll just be reading them, so it's going to get a lot less entertaining for those of you watching the video, but I will say this is the most important part of the video, and for the next hour and a half or so, I'm just going to be reading experiences of people that have stopped or have begun to stop um, these experiences of sleep paralysis. Now, I got these, these from a site called Alien Abduction Crisis Centers of America, where which was started by people counseling people with 
alien abduction experiences. But what you'll find and what they have found is that that in most cases they're talking about sleep paralysis. And the interesting thing is that you stop both of those types of things the same way. I could go into detail about why there is actually a difference there and there's some very interesting details that only can really be understood by really listening to different experiences and really listening to them. And just like we were listening in the first part, to all the details that people were bringing out, you get to start to paint a common picture of the general things that would happen and I think it's very, very important. Also realize that that most places on the internet will tell you that you cannot stop uh, sleep paralysis, you have to get used to it, they give you different tricks, but nobody's ever talking about stopping them. Stopping them. In the same way with uh, alien abductions. I found these experiences about a year and a half ago when I was prepping for an interview uh, that I did with this guy, and his name is Joe Jordan, who is one of the guys that run um, this uh, site, aaccoa.org. And I was so surprised at the common thread that were people were struggling with and dealing with and I've been telling people for a long time that they need to read through these experiences and connect them to the things that are happening with sleep paralysis because they're one and the same and stop the same way and, and as you listen to these experiences know that they are very different a lot of these people are having very different things happen in their life and are coming to different conclusions depending on where they are and everything but if one of the experiences doesn't sound like it fits you, just keep listening because they're so varied. But I will tell you that there is a common theme here that as you listen, you'll start to develop in the same way as you heard the other ones. So so please just pay attention. This is really, really an important part, and it, it will be empowering. And the answer to ending all this is here. So just listen. It began five years ago with strange things happening in my house. I had presently been involved with tarot on a high level and always could predict events for people. I looked back in sadness. Anyway, the point is I didn't believe in anything really. Flashlights would fall off the table, my dog would growl at nothing, I had bad dreams, things were scary. Then one night it all came down on me. I awoke, quote unquote, in bed without being able to move at all, not even an eyebrow. Some thing was in my room with me. It disguised itself to my sleepy mind, I still don't know how I could see it through with my, without my eyes open, as a little girl. I was so scared because I was paralyzed, but when I realized the little girl was in my room, I relaxed for some reason. Then it began to come toward me, which made me a little nervous. At the very last moment, I heard the faintest plead in my mind, it just wants you to think it's a little girl. And right then the thing jumped at my chest, but not before I screamed in my mind, Jesus help me, God help me, and the thing was thrown back in utterly agonizing pain, and the sound it made was so close to hell as any human ears could ever hear. I am sure. So I found some very devoted Christian, and I still didn't believe it was a demon, but someone, thank you Jesus, led me to their arms. They explained to me, and I was so terrified, but I began to believe. I asked Jesus into my life and heart, and only then did my terror subside. In fact, I felt better than I ever thought possible. My faith had arrived. Now the part that must interest you. I was devoted to God for only about three months. After that I began to question. Maybe I was just dreaming. How could I know? I forgot the bliss Jesus brought me upon the entrance into my life. I forgot all important things. 
I began to see lights in the sky. I began to read books that supported the idea of aliens being messengers of God and such. I began to believe them. After all, these books would literally show up in my life at the most bizarre times, and it was also synchronistic. When I would see the lights in the sky, they seemed to be directly responding to my spiritual thoughts, and this was too synchronistic. I began to believe that I was special and that I would be a messenger for God and that the whole paralyzation night was a pretest, if you will, to test my mettle. Only today, this very day, did I realize how wrong I have been. I don't know how it happened, but I am so grateful it did. I was surfing the internet and I saw something about could aliens be demons, and I scoffed, and then I re read it and it made all too much sense. I cried and have been talking to God, not lights in the sky, all night long. I love him evermore, and if that's even possible. He still loves me, and now I know the meaning of forgiveness. I am a testament to how deceptive and Robin's amazing testimony. Hi, David. I wanted to let you know that I am one of the seven also. When I came back to Jesus in 1996, I was able to battle these demons that masquerade as E.T. beings. At that time, I didn't have much access to computers and didn't enter my mind that, they would be, that there would be information concerning what I was going through. My last attack was nine years ago. I've always sent them away in Jesus' name, and they would leave but come back again. A friend once asked me, why don't you send them to the abyss so they can't attack you anymore? I didn't know this was scriptural, if this was scriptural or not, so I prayed to God that, that if this was okay to please, during my last attack, help me. So I yelled, in Jesus' name, go to the abyss and never come bother me or anyone else again. I never had another physical at attack again. No more being pulled out of my body while being paralyzed. No more demons sitting on my chest and trying to kill me. No more dreams of ETs trying to abduct me. And I was raised in the Rosicrucian belief system, except for when I was um, with my father and was saved at nine years old. But I soon moved to my mother's, and that was not accepted by her. I was quickly taught the occult and Eastern philosophy. I know now that that this is how I opened up to the demonic attacks. My grandmother had also done occult things with me and my siblings. It started very young. I had an out-of-body experience at 14 and 25 years old. I know this made it easy for demons to try to take me. An excerpt from another experience. Forty years later, in, 19, in the 1980s, I was suddenly awakened during the night by what sounded like a roar of a lion. I have hunted big game in Africa, and I know that sound. I was then stricken with an excruciating pain through my entire body, unable to move except for my head and eyes. My wife slept soundly and never budged. I began sweating, and a feeling of doom swept over me. I then felt the presence of something evil in the adjacent room. The night light, which was in that room, usually gave off a faint yellowish light, but it suddenly turned to a bright red-orange glow. I kept feeling that whatever the evil entity was, it was coming closer and closer, and it would be in the room in just a moment. I then realized that my best and only defense was to call upon God. I began praising Him. I don't recall if I, if it was whispered or in my mind, but I called upon His name, Jesus, Adonai, of Shaddai, Lord of Lords, and everyone I could think of. With that, the light in the next room flashed and returned to its dull yellow glow. Feeling returned to my body and the pain dissipated. I felt exhausted and fell asleep again, not waking until the alarm clock rang. I've not had any further experiences such as that one, nor would I wish to. 
Every day we need to don the full armor of God in the expectation of the spiritual war which is all around us. We will take on some pretty hard hits and the enemy will scourge some near fatal blows on us. But in the end, salvation is through Jesus Christ. We win. Michael. Blades experience. This incident occurred early in the morning, approximately 3 or 3.30 a.m. I had been asleep and was once more fully awakened by the presence of evil in the house. This time, unlike the last, the bed sheets were pulled over my head, which is unusual as I don't like sleeping with the sheets or comforter over my head. The presence of evil was very overwhelming. It seemed to just drip off this entity. This being was already in my room when I was awakened. The entity was standing, at least I think it was standing, in the southwest corner of the room. This time I was terrified. I lay there paralyzed with fear and could not move or speak, as if something had a hold of my tongue and was holding me down at the same time. I felt this thing move out of the corner as my fear increased as it approached my bed and tried to I tried to get a voice out to rebuke this thing a couple of times, but just could not. Next thing I know, this being had grabbed me by both ankles and tried to shake me about. Its grip was very strong, like unto vices, dank and ice cold. Well, that got me pissed. Suddenly, I, I, I had a voice, and a very angrily, with a loud voice, I rebuked this thing in Jesus' name. It quickly let go of me, but still it lingered at the foot of my bed. I raised my foot even more and rebuked it once more. A second or two later, it moved off into the corner from which it had come, and slowly left. It took me a while to settle down, but eventually I went back to sleep for a few more hours. During this incident, I felt that the entity was very tall, massive and muscular, and for some reason gooey, like sewage in a way. It also reeked what I later learned was a sulfur-like smell. I feel strongly to this day that I had thrown the, if I had thrown the sheets off my head, I would have seen this being, but although the incident, the, all through the incident the sheets remained over my head, I just did not think to remove them, and I'm glad I did not. Uh, the event really affected me, for I left the house after I woke up and did not want to come back to stay there the next night. I was afraid it might come back. I spent the time with a friend, and we talked it over. Eventually, they helped me convince me to go home. I did, and nothing like that ever happened again. Aaron's Testimonial I had recently undergone one visitation by a strong evil spirit and one close call. One night, I was reading about alien abductions and end-time prophecy, etc. Then, after about an hour of kind of a gloomy and sick feeling slithered slowly on me, I went to bed shortly after, and when I was falling asleep, it hit me. I was scared out of my wits. Every time I took a breath, it felt like my lungs were levitating inside of me. I felt like I was almost floating. I was in a weird delirium and realized I was seemingly being possessed or something. After about two minutes, I started to say, Yeshua, Yeshua, and about 30 seconds after, the spirit left. That was the worst thing I have ever felt, a feeling of impending doom and almost death. Then, another night, I got the jump on the spirit and started to pray. It never really reached me that time. I wonder if all that happened was Satan's plot to off-track my walk with God. That recent experience made me sick, and it sickens me to think of it. Hello. Feel free to use this in any way you feel will bring honor to Jesus. It was in the early 90s that this happened to me. I was a young Christian who had been befriended by an upstanding Christian man named John. John came over to my place one day when we were had a day off work. John noticed I had a very large collection of Dungeons and Dragons material. 
I informed John that I used to play this game when I was a teenager and was involved with witchcraft. He then asked me why I hadn't got rid of it. I couldn't come up with a good, a decent answer. That whole afternoon, John and I burned my vast collection of Dungeons and Dragons stuff in a burning barrel. It was a wonderful afternoon of praising God and burning Satan's deceptive games. At the end of burning this collection, I said, Satan, you can have your junk back. That night, I went to bed feeling great. Little did I know that I had made Satan and his minions mad. It was probably around 2 a.m. when I woke up. I had a new puppy, and he was whining. Not normal whining, but he sounded scared. I suddenly felt a huge oppression come over me and tried to get up. I was terrified and was pinned to my bed. I couldn't move. I tried to speak, but I couldn't. It was like I was paralyzed. I thought to myself, Jesus, please help me. I could not fight this in my own strength. I was barely able to whisper the name Jesus, but when I did, the oppression immediately left. I knew this was a demonic attack, and only the name of Jesus rescued me. I hope this helps others. Only Jesus can save us. Sincerely, Jason Lowener. Over the years, there have been many times where I'll be lying in my bed, and all of a sudden I get paralysis that comes over me. It is accompanied by the all-too-noticeable fear, and a fear that really can't be described without the event. I've often wondered if it's like the fear maybe a murder victim feels when they realize that they are going to die. Something of that sort, perhaps. Now, I've talked with Christians who have seen presences in their room when this sort of thing has happened. I have not seen anything, but the feeling of oppression is enough to let me know that the room has more than myself in it. When these things happen, I have always been able to thwart them by crying out in the name of Jesus. Jock's Testimony I got into the occult, belief in UFOs, and more. My mother told me when I was young if I got into trouble to call in the name of Jesus. One night, I went to bed, something came into the room, and I, it came over me, and I could not breathe. I say the name of Jesus, and a wind came in the room, and from one window, and over me, then out the other. Whatever was in the room was gone, and a peace came over me, and I could breathe. Praise the Lord. In 1971, I got saved one night. The blood of Jesus washed my sins. I spoke in tongues in the Holy Spirit. I do not know what happened that day in the woods. I do know that Jesus has set me free. Do other people have this happen to them? A big thank you. I've been a target since childhood. My parents were are both atheist agnostic, and my mother gave me a Ouija board, and she has always been fascinated with the cult. When I was a young teenager, and from the time that I took it out with my girlfriend, my life has been one roller coaster ride after another of lies, subterfuge, and pain. You name it. It probably happened to me. In fact, things got exceptional when a family member introduced me to the tarot, and I had a natural talent for it. That was when later on, to get even, my ex-demon husband had what I suspect an Illuminati or Mason friend do some kind of ritual one day when he begged me to read him his tarot. I was possessed as this happened, and it took four years to get these demons out of me. It was an incredibly horrible time in my life, and all I felt was death and darkness. I have always had a problem with bringing Jesus into my heart, because I remember when I was a child of my own conviction, I went to church, and my mother and father picked on me to no end. Well, to my to my end of interest well to my end of interest in exploring this and feeling the walls come up whenever the name Jesus was mentioned no wonder I had problems now I have slowly started to bring him into my life and have found that whatever I do it wasn't permanent because I need to atone myself to be consistent and totally giving myself over to him but I get this I get the assistance to be left alone from aliens demons you name it 
I feel that I need to prove myself to him, and once I show stability, I will receive the Holy Spirit 100 and 100% protection. It's been so much better now, through, through though, because I have given myself over to him. I'm in really... Cassandra's Witness Hello, my name is Cassandra, and I am 31 years old. I am trying to find someone who can help me. I was recently online, and I came across an article that had been written about a Central Florida person who had stopped an abduction by calling out the name of Jesus. I am also from Central Florida. I am an abductee and have been since the age of five. I have been trying to find help somewhere, but I usually only end up finding less than genuine people. Only recently did I call out the name of Jesus and stopped an abduction. I would like to tell you my story with hopes that we could mutually benefit from it. You with your research and me for my own peace of mind. I have so far thwarted three abductions by calling on the name of our Lord. What concerns me, though, is that they keep coming back. I would like to discuss this in further depth. Please contact me. Thanks, Cassandra. Another entry. Just a short intro into my life. I was born and raised in eastern Iowa, never to church unless it was for a funeral or a wedding. I have an older brother and two, two older sisters. I guess at some point when I was little, they had received a Ouija board as a gift, and had tried it out a time. I had tried it out a time or two. Nothing happened, from what I am told. When I was in sixth or seventh grade, I somehow became interested in UFOs and ordered the book *Incident at Exeter* about the famous sightings in New Hampshire in 1965. Throughout my early days, I had suffered pneumonia in the first grade, ear infections, and chronic bronchitis. My teeth deteriorated at an alarming rate, although my mom, an RN, had brushed and flossed at least four times a day. But I was but I was able to be an honor student through high school. I was at this time it was at this time that my quest for understanding of who I was started, and since I loved history, I read a book about all the archaeology digs that backed up the timetable that the Bible presents. From there, questions about religion followed to Bible studies, and then to making Jesus Lord of my life. It was at this time that my troubles really began. My dad hated God, and had a fit that I was associating with people who were Christians. One night, I was awakened at 3.20 in the morning, lying on my back, and there was so much static electricity in the room. The bed sheets were crackling. My hair was on end. I and I felt a very heavy presence in the room. Never had I been so terrified of anything in my life as then. I couldn't move, but I could sense that this entity moving around the room, stalking me. After what seemed forever, I just started saying, Jesus, Jesus, over and over and over. Finally, sleep returned, and when I woke up in the morning, the sun was shining, and everything was as it should have been, except for all my Bible study books were hurled and strewn across the room. It had to have made a lot of noise to do this, but my mom and dad, or myself, heard nothing. I could write a book about the other instances of demonic attacks, interference, and manipulation of others too numerous to mention. I think that Satan and his minions thought that they had me in their hip pocket, but the Lord had other designs and, re and revealed himself to me in due time and allowed me to make a decision to accept Christ as my sacrificial lamb that his blood has covered my sins for eternity so that we can be with him when our time here on earth is done but the road I have chosen although straight is made difficult by the wrath of demons who wish all to perish 
but the grace of God go we. Testimony of Sue Hi, here is a condensed version of the happenings in my life. Feel free to use all or part, but please use only my first name to protect my custody of my children. I mention a lot of dreams and other stuff because I feel strongly that they somehow tie together. About three or four, the lucid nightmares and out-of-body experiences started. In half of the nightmares, I was being chased by two-foot demons. The other half, I'm standing off to the side watching people going into the lake, a lake of lava, while someone is standing next to me saying, I'm responsible for figuring out how to stop them. These nightmares were unusual because I didn't believe in God or demons or and of the terrifying reality and frequency and that I have always felt watched. They continued for several years and stopped for a couple decades until they started in similar form a year ago. About age 14, I woke up in the middle of an out-of-body experience and found myself on a stone altar naked, being ceremoniously oiled up in what seemed to be a dungeon or a cave. Surprise, shock, and fear brought me back awake and in my bed right away. I still don't want to think about this because I was raised to believe in math and science, not God and demons or anything supernatural. In 1993, the night before my public altar call, I finished nursing my baby and started to roll over when on my back I was held down by what felt like a heavy blanket. I couldn't scream or move, and the room was too black. Then I heard a male voice speak next to my ear in another language. I finally croaked out, Jesus Christ, and it was over. I was so, I was so scared that I don't think I'm the one that came up with that idea. In the summer of 2000, lucid nightmares and dreams started again and blurred the line between them. The out-of-body experiences in November of 2000, I was fasting a little for a few weeks when I started seeing silhouettes of people all around me, even seeing features of the room and their faces. I would sometimes feel them touching me or moving my hand or leg while awake. I got so scared I quit fasting and started drinking and smoking again, and the visions stopped for a while. In April of 2001, I started having out-of-body experiences day and night. Something was trying very hard to separate me from my body. Sometimes I would feel or hear a buzzing right before it would start. Once in a while, once while doing housework, I felt like I was hit on the head with a sledgehammer that separated my spirit from my body by a couple of inches. These were happening several times a day and night. When they were able to get me away from my body, I would be in a room. I would be in a room with people standing around me. I would pray to God in the name of Jesus to help me, and I would come back. It was happening so often that I was in prayer or sheer sheer force of will that would keep me here. It was prayer or sheer force of will that would keep me here or get me back. Once I got so mad about the frequency of the intrusions that were draining my peace of mind and fear started to dimin my fear started to diminish, so did my the intrusions. I still hear someone walking around my house kicking things sometimes the sometimes and the out of body experiences still happen a few times a week but only when i'm asleep and sometimes wake up i wake up with deep black bruises on my hips and hind too many to just be accidents i still haven't gotten used to the idea that my world has apparently never been what it seems but now i am more pissed than i than scared that they are just 
that they destroyed a loving little girl's life and peace. I strongly believe that I've learned that prayer, awareness, and empowerment are great tools to help us win. I can't thank you enough for being an immediate friend and sharing what you know. This is the loneliest place I've ever been in, and it helps more than you know to have a man of God take me seriously after the lack of help some churches were. I don't think churches know what to do with this stuff. I did completely believe in UFOs until I saw the overwhelming similarities to what I have been going through since three years old. I would have lucid nightmares recently about aliens and abduction type experiences, then months later read almost the exact same story from abductees. I can only hope at this point that mine were only dreams. I'm afraid to know otherwise. This really is my condensed version. I'll keep in touch and keep you up to date on the war. Your friend, Sue. Hi, Joe Jordan. How are you doing? It was great talking to you last week, and I'm glad to hear that you hear that there are Christians like yourself who are out there telling people the truth about what's really going on in the UFO alien agenda. My testimony is as follows. I am from the island nation of Trinidad and Tobango, and I am a preacher's kid, so I have grown up in church and seen a fair share of demonic attacks and the power of God at work against the forces of darkness. My first experience was at a very young age. I was under 10 years old, and one night, while I was in bed asleep, I felt myself become paralyzed with fear to the point that I could not move a single muscle. The only part of my body that was active was my mind. I felt a force of some kind trying to pull me towards the window of my bedroom to outside, and all I could do to prevent it from happening was scream for my mommy in the in my mind and eventually it stopped well this unwelcome visit although very infrequent went on for many years throughout my college years in houston texas and even during my professional career in san francisco california during this time i was old enough to know that when i had a visit instead of calling for my mom in my mind i called them the name of jesus and they would leave leave me but would still revisit me from time to time one night, while in bed, I had a major breakthrough. I finally realized who I was in Christ and that no evil spirit should ever be bothering me like this. You see, I finally understood that it was because of fear in my own life that it that gave these spirits a foothold. And once I realized this, I was able to do something about it. That night, I had another visit, and this time I was able to muster up enough strength to move my lips and say, By the blood of Jesus, I rebuke you. And instantly they left me, and to this, to this day they have never returned. They are not stupid. Although my experience was similar to those who have claimed to have been visited by aliens, I knew from a very early age that these forces were demonic, and I allowed them to take a foothold in my life because of fear. When I was a child living under my parents' roof, the forces were outside my window and were pulling me to where they were. You see, I believe that no evil forces could have entered my parents' house because it was covered with the blood of Jesus and that, there w and that there is something to be said for the prayers of one's parents. My goal is to join and to tell people who are, deceived, uh, who are deceived the truth and to also let them know that they have no reason to fear any demon or Satan himself. They are the ones who should be afraid of us because we have the power in Jesus' name. Think of it. Like a police officer, it's not the man himself, but the authority given unto him. By the city, he serves. Yours truly, Joel Gay. The Power of the Most High Authority Hi, I have a story that is similar to what many others are saying on your website. Only, I just heard waves of voices washing over me. 
I could move and speak if I so desired, but I'm not sure why I wasn't paralyzed like so many others were. Before I was born, my parents were very lightly into some occultist things. When my sister and I were born, they got rid of their divining rods and occult books and such. They, they tell me that after this, my sister and I would experience what are scientifically documented as night terrors. There is no scientific explanation for night terrors. We would sit up and scream in the middle of the night, eyes wide open, calling for our parents. They were new Christians, and they didn't know what to do. I don't remember any of that. I was too young. But I do remember the voices, what sounded like thousands of voices that would come to me almost every night. At the time, I was probably about 10, and I figured I must be crazy. My parents told me it was in my imagination. These experiences happened a long time ago. I am now 21, a devout Christian, and have no experiences have had no, no experiences since. I don't remember, really remember when it first when I first started hearing the voices, and when they finally left me. I remember I used to call for Jesus to help me. The voices would slowly fade whenever I did. I now recognize this as most likely a demonic attack. I figured the demons were upset with my parents for rejecting the occult and hung around me for a long time after, afterwards to maybe punish them. I don't really remember when the voices stopped coming, but I know it was because of the grace of God. I know you guys get a lot of stories about these attacks, and I wasn't originally going to say anything, but I reconsidered because I was never paralyzed or silenced during these attacks, and I was wondering if anyone else has had an experience these types of things without the paralyzation. Every account I've read says that they became paralyzed and felt intense pressure bearing down on them. And is my case odd, or have you heard any other stories like this one? What is your opinion on what I have described? Thank you for your time, Nick. Testimony of Mark My name is Mark, and for more than 20 years now, I have believed that the UFO phenomena represents a deception. The author Jacques Vallée has been reporting this for a long time, and I have read most of his books. Until recently, I found your website. I had never read that the name of Jesus could stop an abduction. I suspected as much for many years, but now I have read these testimonies of your website, and these add confirmation to my own thoughts. I am the adult Sunday school teacher at a Christian lighthouse church in Mount Clements, Michigan, and I recently taught on spiritual warfare on a Sunday morning, January 25, 2004. I cited many scriptures of the power of Jesus' name on controlling the, and defeating demonic activity. Ephesians 6, uh, verse 12 comes to mind, among many other scriptures. I also included my thoughts on your website, using it to reinforce the idea that demons are still with us and masquerading as aliens. After my lesson, a new a newer member of our congregation came up to me and related that she had awoken one night to find herself paralyzed and even unable to talk. She felt something applying pressure to her upper torso, as if some invisible thing or person was sitting on her chest. She called out to Jesus in her mind and immediately found herself free. She then began to pray out loud in Jesus' name. This just seemed to me to be further confirmation that this is a widespread problem and that only true Christian believers have the power through Jesus' name to combat these attacks. We are, we are a small but very devoted Bible-believing church, and there is freedom with our assembly to believe in what many larger mainline churches would not teach to their congregations. This is perhaps just one more sign that Christ's return is very near. I thank you for your courage to present this topic to the masses of people currently looking for answers on the web. Mark. <laughs> My visitations have included 
one, dreams, and two, out-of-body experiences. The dreams, which were very rare, a few times a year at most, started when I was around seven years old, and were always about creatures or monsters or outright aliens, usually one entity per dream, not multiples, who would come to me during the course of my dream, often hurt me, and when I was awakened, I would still physically feel the pain that they had inflicted upon me in the dream. Never once did any of the creatures, monsters, aliens in the dream speak or speak to me or engage in any other type of communication. The out-of-body experiences began when I was about four. They were very rare, again only a few times a year at most, and stopped for the duration of my teenage years, but then returned again for a very... Uh, for a very brief period while after I had reached adult adulthood and after I became a born-again Christian. But when the out-of-body experiences returned during my new life as a Christian, I spoke to some woman at my church who prayed for me, and then the out-of-body experiences stopped. They have not happened again since then. In 1992, oh, excuse me. In 1992, I went on a short-term summer missionary trip to Ireland where I believe I was literally attacked in my sleep, sleep while staying at a Christian woman's house in Dublin, and the validity of the attack was corroborated by two other Christian women in the house, the Irish hostess and the other American woman who also came as a missionary for the summer. At this stage of my life, I believe these visitations have probably ceased. It has been many years since I have had any such dream at all. I spent probably the first eight years of my Christian walk experiencing occasional dreams in which I was too embarrassed to tell anyone, and which I could couldn't help but think they had to be more than just dreams because they were um, they were the only dreams I had where I would get hurt in the dream and also awaken still experiencing the sensations of literal pain and discomfort from the dream dreamt injuries. A solid correlation emerged. Dream dreams that hurt always had a monster and dreams with monsters always hurt. But I never got hurt in any of my normal and monsterless dreams. Um, the only explanation I can offer as far as the cessation of this lifelong bout with what I will call painful dreams is that I did learn over the years to call upon the name of Jesus in my dreams, and perhaps that has been the difference to cause them to finally stop. I can't assert this correlation with any certainty, nor can I claim that my initial practice of calling on Jesus' names brought about immediate cure. It was actually several years from the time I started to do this to th that my painful dreams and uh, until such dreams stop. Perhaps it took several years for me to get adept at it, to achieve a high enough level of dream state cognizance and alert to utilize Jesus' name with a deliberacy and immediacy and almost Im importantly with consistency. And perhaps this was the only after I displayed such consistency that their efforts with me were abandoned. Crystal Story 4.12.06 I was sleeping this morning but well aware that my body was sleeping in the spirit. In the vision, I was watching a meeting of what looked like military affairs. I could not hear what was said in this meeting. In this meeting among officials, I, I could see these spiritual beings that looked like humans, but they were not, and they were evil ones. They were dressed in orange and red spandex uniforms and stood all around these officials. I moved past them and went into Condoleezza Rice's office and watched her. She was not able to see me because I was in the spirit. She was standing at her desk and sorting through papers on her desk. I moved closer to her desk and looked at the papers and saw the plans were from the UN. These plans were descriptive and had plans to divide the earth into ten regions. 
the evil angel came into the office and saw me and started at me, and I felt its gaze on me. I immediately began praying in the spirit so loud that my own sleeping body was doing so. All of a sudden, I was looking around in my bedroom and in the spirit. When I looked up from where I was sleeping, all of a sudden, a miniature UFO came through my window and hovered in the right corner of my bedroom near my bureau. Then I rebuked it in the name of Jesus, and the UFO left, and I awoke. However, I was tired and fell back to asleep. When I fell back asleep, the UFO came in through my window and hovered in the same corner of my room. I rebuked it in the name of Jesus, and again the evil spirit left. Then I went into my kitchen while in the spirit and saw my daughter was dressed for school but had not gone like she was supposed to. I wanted to scold her and was angry with her for not going to school, but I gave her a tight hug anyway. Then I awoke and fell back asleep again. When I fell back asleep, this time the UFO came again, hovering in the same corner. This time, I saw an evil spirit materialize next to my bed, even though I could not perceive its shape. Before I was able to speak, it tried to physically attack me by probing my neck, and I was paralyzed for a moment and could not speak. So I lifted my pinky up in the air and spelled out, Jesus help. Immediately, the evil spirit released its grip, and I yelled, Leave me in the name of Jesus and do not come back again. The evil spirit left and was gone. Please, if you have any comments or leading of the Lord on this experience, please let me know. Thank you, and may the Lord bless your ministry. In Christ, Crystal. Another One Sees the Truth by Caleb I'm 27, married, and have three children. I am struggling. I am a struggling Christian, meaning I smoke cigarettes and cuss like a sailor. Yet, I know with all my heart that the Bible is 100% true. I try not to sin and even talk with my family commonly of Scripture and the, com and the upcoming rapture. I pray God shows me mercy. Anyways, in 1993, me and my friend were walking to a near, uh, nearby 7-Eleven and unexpectedly found ourselves in a mass UFO sighting. This was on a major intersection, and all the pedestrians and drivers stopped in amazement to see the spectacle in the sky. It was about 9 to 9.30 p.m., and in the sky was a red ball of light, or a red star, flying in a typical UFO flight pattern, sporadically bouncing around, hitting 90-degree turns at high speeds, then, then slowing down in a moderate hovering-type flight. Within seconds, the UFO became two UFOs, both flying in sporadic movements until one shot away at high speeds while the other slowly faded out. They both vanished, and we ran home to tell my mom what we just saw. I grew up in Sunday schools and was taught that Jesus is the truth, a UFO was not going to throw off what had been embedded into my brain, but I just saw uh, what I just saw made me realize UFOs are in fact real as well. As I got older, I found myself dwelling in two possibilities: God created man and many other things in the universe. We do not have dinosaur bones in museums. Maybe he had several projects that were not alone in the universe. Two, God is a UFO. Angels are UFOs. The Bible sure does have a lot of UFO writings in it. Boy, was I wrong. In 1999, both my th theories were shattered. In 1999, I was at a friend's house sleeping when I was struck with a demonic encounter. I could not move or speak and felt I was being violated or attacked by something evil. I knew what it was. I have had a few attacks before. My mom has a history as well of being attacked by demons. Naturally, I began to call on Jesus. I think I even called for Jehovah. Then... I cracked my eyes open, and I saw it standing at the foot of my bed. I was frightened and confused at the same time. What I was expecting to see was either a bat-winged horned demon looking 
uh, looking thing or perhaps a black silhouette or a shadow as my mom had described them. That is not what I saw at all. It was an alien. It looked almost identical to the ones described on Time Life or TLC or the History Channel. This one, however, was not small and gray. It was tall and white, and its huge eyes were red, not black. Eventually, Jesus or my angels came to my rescue, and I was freed from the attack. Not until recently have I been researching the connection with religion and UFOs, and I have made up my mind that these UFOs and ETs are real, but totally evil. It, has, it, is, a clear, it is clear in my mind that they are here to compensate the false Christ in the days to come. These creatures will take credit for the rapture and convince the left behind that they are God and the Bible w was misinterpreted. After all, they have been here since day one. Let's not argue the cave drawings, the pyramids, and the crop circles. They will explain all the religions and make peace. As I type this, Israel is contemplating the third temple and has, and has had heavy UFO activity in the past six years. Go figure. I'm not sure what God and his angels are. I don't know. Maybe they are too, they too use technology, which we call miracles. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they are just described in the drawings with harps and bird wings that I do not, this I do not know. But I do know that demons travel by UFO. Hello. I have to send you this note in response to your website. My name is Michael. I spoke to Guy in Roswell today. I told him that I had discovered his site yesterday while, while doing some basic research on UFOs in the Bible. This is a topic that has been a part of my life for some time. I did not feel to the best of my knowledge that I had experienced any type of alien abduction in my life, but after reading your site tonight and equating what experience I did have as a young Christian in my early 20s and over the past 10 years, all of the signs and symptoms were there. The fear, the paralyze, paralyzing feeling, the feeling of a presence in the room, it was all there. I just didn't think of it as an abduction experience. To me, it was a demon attack. And as I called out in the name of Jesus and rebuked the spirit, the fear, the paralyzing feeling, and the feeling of the presence left. I realized that what I did experience was in fact demon attacks. I learned early about demon attacks and how they would try to pull me away from Jesus. It was only now that I see and understand that the alien abduction phenomena is one more way that Satan is trying to gain a foothold in this world. When I was in my early teens, I had my one and only sitting, sitting in my hometown in New York and have been consumed with UFOs ever since. It seems I could not get enough information and took every chance I could to watch every sci-fi show and every, and ev that ever came on TV or in the movies. I tried to find some way of relate, relating aliens, UFOs, and the Bible ever since I had became a Christian. I thank God for the very powerful way in which he has shown me this connection. And now I have one more powerful tool against which I can fight Satan and his horde in this God's world. Thank you for all yours and your fellow Christians' commitment to the battle against the powers of darkness in this world. May, may many prayers to the fellow brothers in Christ and prayers to your family, families for health and safety. Olivia's Short Message Hi. I finished reading The Premise of Spiritual Warfare. What a glorious work. All of it's so true. I've never been abducted, but I have had the paralysis. Can't move, have to listen to demons lie experience, even after I got out of automatic handwriting and got saved. I have, just, I have found out just how fast these beings will scatter upon hearing the name Jesus. The work you and your colleagues doing is just great. 
Just wanted to stop by and say thanks, and I know you will continue the battle. Who knows? That one person who is delivered and saved may be the last one. Then we are all out of here. Blessings, Olivia. Gray, Old Man, No Difference by Joe in Albuquerque. Hello. I am a fan of your site and wanted to tell you guys about an incident which happened to my wife, which doesn't really directly involve UFOs. It is very similar to the other testimonies which I read. One night last year, last year she woke me up crying. I asked her what was going on and she said that something had just tried to possess her. She repeatedly asked me to make sure that Christians cannot be possessed and I assured her that we could not be possessed, only messed with. When that, when we then proceeded to pray and read some scripture before going back to sleep. Later that day she explained what happened. She said that she had, was awakened by something tapping our metal headboard and by a gentle rocking of the bed. She awoke and looked at the foot of the bed and saw what she immediately recognized as a demon. She and I are born again, and I am actually studying to be a pastor. She then told me that it had no. It, she then told it that it had no power here and couldn't be here because our house belonged to Christ. It got agitated. She then made the mistake of challenging it when it swooped onto her and somehow held her motionless and speechless. She said the only thing she could do was think. According to her, it tried to enter her and couldn't. She dis, her description of it is haunting indeed. She describes it as the most as the most pathetic-looking old man who is filled with the most hate and despair imaginable, which makes good sense considering the future of the demons described in Revelation. According to her, it seemed like an extremely weak old man, and that is why she challenged it. She said the only thing that she could do was sing, Jesus loves me, and immediately after she thought that, it left. She is a down-to-earth woman who is no, not prone to nightmares or anything else like that. I'm inclined to believe her. Also, she disclosed to me that there are many times prior and after that she senses their presence. We currently live in an area of Albuquerque which is steeped in occultism and witchcraft, so it doesn't surprise me that there are those things around. As a matter of fact, there was a Satanist just two houses down from us. Anyway, I hope this will be, contribute in some way to your testimonials. Please let me know if you would like any more in info. Joseph. The testimony of another Jason. Here's my story. I was asleep in the basement bedroom when I woke up suddenly and noticed three beings standing at the foot of the bed. I was completely paralyzed and overcome with terror and immediately sensed these beings were evil. It was very dark in the room, but I could see that they were wearing hooded robes, gold necklaces, and had reptilian skin and large black eyes. They looked almost exactly like seal, seal stocks from the old TV show, Land of the Lost. They floated around to the side of the bed. I sensed that one in the middle was their leader. The leader reached down and grabbed my arms with his hands on my bicep and lifted me out of bed. I felt almost completely weightless, like a helium balloon. When I was in the standing position, but not touching the floor, his mouth opened wide and he breathed a furnace-hot blast of sulfur-smelling air in my face. Then we began to rotate and sink headfirst into the floor. I thought they were taking me to hell, and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And instantly I was back in my bed with my heart pounding out of my chest, and I was soaked with sweat. For a long time, it didn't cross my mind that I experienced a classic alien abduction until I saw some other people's stories like that mirroring mine. The Testimony of Eve Lorgan, author of The Love Bite, Alien Interface, Human Love Relationships. Eve Lorgan is a longtime paranormal researcher and author of The Love Bite 
Her testimony is printed here by permission. Guy, I agree that there is a particular agenda with the ET hypothesis and that there are organizations where this is promoted, a la ETs, here to raise our consciousness, the friendly visitors, celestial gardens of our planet, etc. When the concept of spiritual warfare is raised, it creates a big problem because I believe it ex exposes the primary tactics of the aliens. I, for one, never expected the aliens, or at least the greys, reptilians, and some dark-robed hooded beings to be anti-Christ until I challenged their authority in my own life. Before I became a Christian, rather an informed Christian who practices spiritual warfare and accessory prayer, I had numerous alien visitations. I was raised as a spiritualist and was heavily involved in the occult. Part of this training I received encouragement um, from the, for the positive ET hypothesis. In a way, it was to try to make me feel special about my own starseed chosen status. I was encouraged to learn psychic abilities and trance mediumship. As I got further into this, I realized it increased the alien abductions. It was also made my health, health worse and affected my interpersonal relationships in a negative way. To put it bluntly, I was a manipulated Muppet. I hated fundamentalist Christians and argue with, argued with them with psychobabble and typical New Age metaphysical arguments. I really wanted to believe that the aliens who interacted with me were good and were raising my consciousness, evolution, guiding me to be someone special. After all, I had all these wonderful psychic abilities. I suppose it was the health problems and the night terrors that got me into looking at alternative explanations for the aliens' influence in my life. So I got baptized, and I learned how to pray with the authority of Jesus Christ. It worked. The aliens and the other entities would try to come back, and sometimes they were successful and sometimes not. What seemed to expose the majority of the aliens' integrity was when I started praying for spiritual freedom and wisdom. I prayed for other abductees and this created a backlash with some abductees alien handlers they literally came and harassed me to stay away from their chosen ones as i interacted with other researchers who knew the alien game plan especially the reptilians and the reprisals escalated i observed how these aliens manipulated so many abductees sometimes activating their egos to promote the their agenda it was amazing all i can say is that there are definite spiritual forces at work in conflict with one another about the authority over many humans. We need to stand up for ourselves and decide whose authority we want to be under. For all it's worth, the psychology of self-empowerment is effective for most against the little guys. But when you start dealing with the big guys on the alien spiritual hi hierarchy and even demonic beings, this is where the power of Christ is necessary. The Testimony of Max I wasn't always a born-again Christian. Actually, I remember thinking I've become what I hate the most. Though I was raised Catholic and accepted Jesus Christ as the Most High at the age of six, it hadn't really been a big part of my life up until mid-May 2000, 17 years later. Growing up in Canada and moving from Quebec to Vancouver and then to Toronto, I would see things that others didn't seem to. Paranormal things demons, ghosts, goblins. I wouldn't tell anyone because I just figured we didn't talk about that stuff or it was all in my imagination. I would also see angels or golden light balls too. When I accepted Christ as a lifestyle, I was six and a golden light ball came to me and asked me what I wanted to do when I got old. My answer to this was, 
I want to be just like Jesus and walk amongst my people in peace. This is exactly what I answered at the age of six to that ball of light that only I was able to see. Right away I was convicted of my own sin. I remember thinking how I could be a better child for my parents and a better brother to my older sister and not tease her as much as I did. I had, pretty, I had a pretty normal childhood, aside from seeing the stuff that, and having a strong, lustful thought at an early age, which again I thought was normal. At the age of 12, I saw two golden angels help me over a car that I was hit by while riding my bike. That same year, I saw what I thought was my deceased grandmother, Ghost. These, as well, I never told anybody about until a few years later. As a family, we never really went to church, prayed and gave thanks at meals, nor did we observe the Sabbath. We celebrated Christmas, though. In my childhood, I had always thought... I had always been fascinated by ghosts and aliens. I had read a few books here and there. I would also read about Bigfoot, werewolves, and Loch Ness Monster. At the age of 14, I started drinking and smoking cigarettes. By 16, I wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore, drinking. I had never really liked drinking. I found something I did like, hash and marijuana. By that time, I had already experienced alien abductions and had been anal probed. Years later, South Park, the cartoon, mentions it, and I'd laughed when I heard them mention anal probes because laugh was all I was able to do. One weekend, a friend and I were so bored, we made a Ouija board and summoned the dead. That led in some people getting possessed. The high school I attended was Catholic. We wore uniforms and said our Lord's Prayer every morning. At about 17, I fought with a spirit in my room. It named itself Jacob, and it flung to me to the wall where I would be paralyzed in mid-air for about five minutes. It was so cl it was a classical old hag attack. In grade 12, I started to go to raves and do ecstasy. What's funny is that I, st I started to care more about my grades, especially in the great rebellious course which we're all forced to take. I developed an interest in the religions around the world and started to study some, especially the ones with many gods and demigods. After high school, I quit doing ecstasy. I had thought of going to an art school to get into animation, but that changed as I wanted more real-life experience before I deciding what to do. The supernatural was all around me by then. I was casting magic circles and spells. I had a relationship with a succubus, was studying the occult and the metaphysical. I had become some sort of New Age shaman. Communication with spirits and astral soul projections were my daily thing. I was led to believe all this was training for my spiritual growth to raise my consciousness to the next level. Sort of babble. But the abductions were really out of hand by then. I had awakened during one, naked. I got off a cold metal table, cursing and swearing, waving my hands in the air, and pointing to one of them as I approached it. I punched a gray, head, a gray guy in the head. At first, my fist stayed stuck in there, and I couldn't feel, and I could feel the goo that it had for brains. The skull cracked like an egg, and I saw colors in there, and a bad smell came out. It just dropped dead like a puppet, and stayed hanging off my hand. That was all I could remember from that event. This drove me to a shrink, where all he could say was, "A thousand people are experiencing this. Some guy from Harvard wrote a book about it. Want pills?" So I took his pills 
and then found myself getting up one morning, leaving a perfectly beautiful relationship with this girl, family, and friends, hopped on a Greyhound bus, and headed for Vancouver to end up living on the streets with crack addicts and prostitutes. Two weeks there, another abduction happened, and this time, there on, on the ship were reptilians, and strapped to the walls were some of my friends from back home in Toronto. That morning, I realized I couldn't run nor hide from whatever this was, so I headed home from, for Toronto. After seeing my friends in comas strapped to the walls, I missed them. This was February 98. On my return home from Vancouver, things were more confusing than ever. The girl whom I had left, her and I tried to continue our relationship, but to no avail. Her dad had left the faith and become a Buddhist. She had never even told him that God would be pissed off because of it. I am pretty sure that our relationship was, res was the result of witchcraft. Whether or not I learned a lot about it, about what it meant to be a serious relationship, I was still involved in talking with spirits and doing meditations. This is where I started Kira Yoga. Spirits led me to some guru from India who taught it. Truly, this is the time I discovered that I was searching for something, that my whole life I had been searching for. Searching, but for what, I still didn't know. Starting from my high school years, spirits had been giving scenes from my certain so-called past lives as to make me believe that they would help me along my spiritual journey. None of this really helped at all. It really, All it really did was make me yearn for more. I was searching for truth, the truth, the truth. Then Spirit said that because of my stage and my development, the hierarchy had decided to link me with another being that was on another planet or some other dimension so that both I and this being could evolve at a quicker rate and benefit from the merge in consciousness. This is what they termed the walk-in experience and, I, and that I had to agree with it. I was very doubtful and unsure I wanted to do this, but they insisted and offered me all kinds of reasons why I should. They even had dead relatives come and reassure me that it was all right, and that it would also help the whole which is God evolve as well. Then, five and a half months after that, my life was really going into darkness. I was experiencing bloodlust for human blood. I was looking for a host who would be willing to let me drink their blood. My perversion was worse than ever before hit <clears throat> worse than ever before, and hidden memories of the abductions were flooding my mind at all times of the day and night. There was nothing I could do. It was only getting worse by the minute. All my so-called spirit guides had disappeared, and none were responding. I was already bisexual since late high school, and now I was being drawn into s and m realm of bondage and torture. Meanwhile, at work, I was playing playing it pretty cool so that no one would notice but some did I had summed I had summed up all this all that was due to the abduction and the rapes and the other things that had gone on up to there in the crafts with those reptilians I would draw them and I would in the most perverted scenes imaginable they wanted me to keep drawing and to paint some of these drawings which were pretty much reptilian and human pornography then get them posted on the World Wide Web. I was frantic. Peers at work found out about my abductions because I could no longer hide my paranoia. They are great people. Most didn't judge me or mock me, but some even believed me and shared some of their experiences. But I couldn't sit around and have this continue. I was losing sleep. 
I was terrified of going, going to bed. I drank just to escape the reality I was living in. I remember my mom asking me what she could do to help, and she, she said something like, What can I do? Give you a pill? Give me a pill? Give you a gun? Give me a gun? What? Will that help you? My mom is an extremely loving and compassionate lady with a lot of patience. I was also fearful because I had remembered my nephew telling us when he was about two that, that at the, at night the moon would come into his room and take him away. Many times I wondered why this was going on and how I could end it. Suicide was always a good option. I know I don't know how this happened, but as much as I was antichrist, the Lord led me to www.ce4.org, and this site helped me come to terms with whatever is going on these day these on these end days. It all ended and started in one night in mid-May of the year 2000 at the age of 23. I was lying in bed and I started praying to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said something to the likes of, Lord, whatever it takes, I'll do it. Just stop these abductions. Whatever you want is yours. My life is in your hands. It belongs to you. And this is where I prayed the sinner, sinner's prayer. It was four easy steps. The Terror That Comes in the Night There's a book by David J. Hufford called The Terror That Comes in the Night. The subtitle of the book describes the contents, an experience-centered study of supernatural assault traditions. Dr. Hufford is a sociologist and a university professor. According to his research, about one-sixth of the population experiences the phenomena described in his book, yet almost no one talks about it. The experience Hufford describes is similar to what has become known in our culture as alien abduction phenomena, yet differing in some aspects. According to a Roper poll done in 1992, at least 2% of the adult population in the United States has experienced what they call being abducted. It is difficult to get the exact number since it is believed that many people completely re repress the experience and many others don't talk about it. In 1973, my husband Coleman and I and our two baby boys lived in Virginia. Coleman was working for Christianity Today as an advertising manager and I was a stay-at-home mom, doing some freelance artwork. One night, I awoke with a start. My eyes flew open like a close-up in a horror movie when the dead person comes back to life. I was totally awake with the sense that something was very wrong. That sense moved very quickly to terror. I was paralyzed, unable to move anything except my eyes. To my left, over my husband's sleeping body, I could see three figures gliding into the room. Their feet which I could not, couldn't see because of the monk-like robe that covered them, never touched the ground. They were coming out of the walk-in closet bedroom, and my first thought was, how did they get in there? It was communicated to me in some fashion, I don't know how, that they had come through the large second-story window in the nursery, glided down the hall, had gone through the wall into the master bath, and then from the bathroom had glided into the closet. I knew they were very, very angry with me for some reason, but I didn't know why. They communicated to me without speaking that they were going to levitate my stiff body, slam me through the window above our bed, and drop me on, the, on my head, killing me. They wanted me to know that my husband would be blamed for my death. I had no doubt that they were capable of, capable of doing this, and my terror escalated. I tried to scream at Coleman to wake up, but I couldn't. My vocal cords were paralyzed. 
Then I began to pray. I tried to call out, Jesus. Again, nothing would come out of my mouth but other than grunts. Once more, I tried to say, Jesus. Finally, a garbled Jesus came out. At the name of Jesus, the beans dissipated into the air into little triangles like a visual effect. I immediately woke Coleman and told him what happened. After confronting me, the inevitable question came. He said, Are you sure it wasn't just a bad dream? Irritated, I replied, Yes, I'm sure, because if it was a bad dream, I'm still dreaming. I awoke before it began, and I have not awakened since. Besides, I just know it was real. At the time, neither one of us knew what to do with the experience, so I just filed it away and didn't talk about it again for over 20 years. Then, over 20 years later, Coleman was writing a pilot script for a television series that was supposedly to be about all sorts of strange phenomena. He gave me a book on alien abduction and asked me to read it and see if there might be any stories, story ideas in it that he could use. As I read the book, it struck me how similar these people's experiences were to mine. Then I came across a drawing of one person's alien abductor. It was eerie that he had drawn the same beings that had come into my room. As I began to form my own opinion about my night terror experience, I went to the internet to see if anyone besides me had any similar experience. Was I the only person who had used the name of Jesus to end a night terror or alien abduction experience? You may be wondering why I have decided to share my night terror story with the world on the internet. I am sure that there are many who will just think I am a total wacko. Some of you who know me may think I am farther gone than you realized. But if there are people experiencing these assaults who want them to stop, I can offer a way out. A few years ago, my son was taking a college class at a secular university. The teacher of this class, which was a language class, had nothing to do with what we were writing about today, began asking the same question that we're asking the Roper poll. After a few questions, one girl raised her hand and began to tell the class about her abduction experience. And when she had finished, my son said to her, There is a way to stop these experiences if you want. The teacher interrupted, No, there is no way to stop them. Yes, my son replied, they can be stopped. No, they cannot. At that point, the teacher went back to the curriculum. I wanted people to know that my son's teacher is wrong. There is a way. Please don't think that I'm saying the name Jesus is magic. It is not magic, but it does have amazing power. The creator of the universe knows his children. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Surely, if he was willing to die for our sins, he is able to protect us from the evil ones. If you want his protection, put your faith in him. If you have experienced a night terror, I would like to hear from you. Please write and tell me your story. Since you brought me out of darkness, don't want to remember what it was like without you. Shine your light on, not my failure.